Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He's with a man. He's going to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. <laughs> yeah. What about to McCullum? Shane? He might be trying to shake the sweep one after that first one. I might try and slide one in there. Fast. Yeah! Well, you yeah, called it. It's out. It's run out. Let's come on, Sam. Yeah. Head on no, his head You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't Welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, a special double episode edition covering round five and round six of Supercoach BBL, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Very, very excited for this one. Plenty to talk about. Uh, I'm your host, Tim Williams, as well. I always forget that one. Uh, Here to join us for this week's episode, it is BBL9 Supercoach Champion, Tomo Aiken. Tomo, how are you? Good, thanks, Timmy. It's good to be on another pod. Didn't have to wait about a year between drinks, so it's good to be on nice and quickly. Um, coming into round four, it's a thunder double. Myself, a bit like every man and his dog, had Sam's in as VC. Um, mm. I still like it when my players do well. I don't care if most others have it. It's enjoyable <laughs> to know that your players are doing well. Um, what isn't so nice is having Webster on your field for a big zero, and I know you're happy about that, Timmy being a non-owner. Uh, I brought in tall ball um, for a five. The roll was still decent, but the scoring was non-existent. I also, I had uh, brought in, or I planned to bring in Inglis as a bit of a loop. I thought, oh, if Harper can get a nice score worth looping, that would be really good. But I think he got a zero as well. So might have to reverse that trade and not bring in Inglis. But um, an interesting sort of round, some high scores, but also a few low scores. And I think the guests on the podcast today, I'm actually playing in our uh, SC Playbook League mm. uh, this round. So it'll be interesting to see how that finishes up with a couple of rounds to go. Yeah, uh, half to get a good score. Dreams are free, mate. They cost absolutely nothing. <laughs> no chance of that happening. He's been one of the worst buyers I've ever had in Supercoach. At least I started with him and, and a few others as well. So it's been long-term pain, but didn't actually waste a trade on him. Uh, can't wait to see the end of him, though. Mate, moving on to uh, – and you ranked pretty well, Tomo. You're 1,500 or so? 2,000? Uh, yeah, I think around the 2,000 or so. So hopefully we can just keep going upward and up and up. We started um, slow, but we're just moving up. And hopefully that continues all the way to the final round. Getting to where you need to be, Tomo. Also with us today, former 14th place Supercoach BBL finisher, Michael Fisher. Fish, how are you, mate? Pretty good for an owner of 
Bo Webster, Sam Harper, Marcus Stoinis, Paul Walter. <laughs> Just taking oh. it as it comes. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to next round already. Boys, I'm looking forward. This is a double uh, double episode of the, of the podcast just over New Year and to crunch it all in, but I might have to renege on that and do an episode next week because the Stallions are coming. It's been a very slow start to the campaign. We didn't have a great last round either, 9,000th, but we're coming good this round. Stoinis and Harper were AE, so didn't have to get their dud scores this round. VC Dan Sam, so we'll get his double. Had Harris Ralph. Ended up going Overton uh, over tall Paul Walter. So hopefully big Overton can uh, get a few runs on the board for us. The boys are looking good. So I'm hoping 9,000 can become around about two or 3,000 after this week if we keep going on the same trajectory. Held on to Jake Fraser-McGurk as well. Uh, big Bo Webster. That phenomenal score last round into a duck egg this week. Just you know, typifies what Supercoach BBL is all about, the highs and lows of the game. So I hope I haven't put the mocker on myself, and I'm almost certain I have. But hopefully, plenty of green coming in. Uh, boys, a few shout-outs before we start. Andrew Langley, he's a joke, that man, honestly. He's into 154th overall <clears throat> after going back-to-back champion. He's very, very well positioned. I'm not sure how he's going this week, but uh, Big Bo Webster probably hasn't helped him too much. Also, Damo Ma. Damo looking after uh, the SC Playbook WhatsApp late mail chat this season. The man can supercoach. He's into 36 overall as well. So uh, we'll be riding Damo and Andrew home. And look, there's plenty of time left. So uh, when the, when the Stales get up into the top 100 in a couple of rounds' time, we'll be we'll be all be riding the Stales as well. Again, dreams are free, Tomo. Boys, subscription price drop to celebrate Christmas and New Year. We've dropped our subscription package to just $20 for the remainder of the BBL season. That gets you extra articles, WhatsApp group access, and plenty, plenty more. Uh, also a great way of supporting the website and podcast for all the hours that go into making it run behind the scenes. Also, guys, if you do enjoy the content, there's a ton of more, ton more good stuff on our socials at SC Playbook Cricket, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, if you could jump on there if you're on any of those platforms and give us a follow, it'll be very, very much appreciated. Now... <clears throat> Sorry. On today's show, we are going to deep dive into round five and round six, in particular the teams on the double. So we know the stars are on the double in round five, that round uh, coming up on Sunday. The Scorchers and the Strikers in round six. The Scorchers who have two buys in a row and then a really plum run home, <clears throat> they are just going to be hot, hot property. So we'll talk through those sides, in particular the Scorchers, and then we'll drop our trade and skipper, the ones we're eyeing off early for round five and round six. Boys, we'll start at the Melbourne Stars, though, and you two are both Bo Webster owners. He was the <clears throat> the big talking point leading into the round. He had a break even of about negative 51, looked set to make a ton of cash. He bowled only one over in last night's fixture, then he came out, and obviously the game was reduced to just seven overs, so really didn't help him. Uh, he came in at about five or six in that one, didn't get any runs, zero points. So that cash flow has been stunted. What do you think? You're both owners. <clears throat> if you weren't, Tomo, would you be looking to buy Bo Webster for the Stars double, or would you be looking to avoid? That's the million-dollar question, isn't it? I guess I'm glad I'm an owner because I feel like I've got the absolute premium game out of him. Stars have so many all-rounders. It's really hard to know who's actually going to bowl each game. 
Maxwell in their most recent game against Hobart was the one with the magic touch. Mm. Look, I have no confidence that he's going to bowl at all, and it wouldn't surprise if he bowls 0 or 1 over, but then he also can come out and bowl 4 overs. I guess it'll be lineup dependent, as yeah. lots of BBL games are, but especially the Stars. We've got the two internationals. We've got Ralph and Mia leaving. It will depend on who is replacing them. If it's two bowlers, you would think that his chances of overs are like they were the last game or last couple of games. But if they're replaced with people that are batters or all-rounders that aren't as good as Webster, he could see more overs and then be a trade-in. So to sit on the fence... We need to see that line up. And yeah. in our SC Playbook WhatsApp chat, I'm sure some people put some things out in their thoughts, but it really is line-up dependent for me. Yeah, no, that's a fair call, mate. And, and as you said, the, the two Pakistanis in Ralph and Murr leaving the side, so they will not feature again this tournament. Harris Ralph is someone that I'll probably hold for one more week just for loophole opportunities uh, through round five before around probably six sell. But again, more loophole opportunities for him, but there's other stars options there too. Um, we know that uh, Glenn Maxwell didn't bowl. I think it was two games back due to that arm issue he had been carrying. We saw him bowl last night. He bowled three. Uh, sorry, took three wickets and looked pretty good. The other one there, big Marcus Stoinis. I tell you what, he's looking better with the ball than he is with the bat. Uh, that's pretty safe to say. He bowled pretty well, and that's one that will probably have an impact on Bo Webster and which way they want to go there. He had some pretty good heat. Uh, Fish again. You are an owner. If you weren't, as you bloke, you'd be looking at bringing in. I'm I'm on the fence, and, and I'm probably leaning towards not at this stage, having bowled just his one over and just with an eye to, to the Perth Scorchers for their two double game weeks in a row coming up in round six and seven. Probably looking to allocate the funds there. I already own enough Stars players. What do you think? Yeah, I think given the way Maxwell bowled last night, he the overs might not be there for him. Um, he's splitting the fourth seamer role with Stoinis uh, mm. if they line up the same way they have for the last two games. So the fourth seamer um, between Stoinis and Webster last night, they only bowled two overs total. Um, but, yeah, Mac, I think Maxi likes buying himself. I know there's different mm. views about that but when you're bowling like he was last night why wouldn't you so yeah I, I'd be inclined to fade to be honest yeah no I look I'm leaning that way as well and as I said plenty of scorchers players which we get to shortly the boys Mark Steckity is 110k and one that you would imagine with, with those the, the two Pakistanis leaving is every chance to come in and play both games the double at 110k I know the Spy was an owner last round and he got him zero points. Um, that being said, the Spy, I, I was going to get him on this podcast, but he's actually had a good couple of, couple of rounds. He's into about 1,500th overall, so I didn't want to put up with him for this podcast leading into the new year. Tomo, did you end up going with Stackley? I know he was someone that you were pretty keen on, and I suppose you did. You, you ended up with him. Uh, how do you feel about that? Obviously, it didn't pan out well for you last game. You got his zero, then didn't play the second but at 110K, if you can get the double next round, there's no reason why you can't score well. No, look, I had three trade-ins leading into that week. I brought Sam's in early. I was like, this is, I'll tick that off. I've got Bo Webster for his epic performance, tick that off yeah. and bring in Steckity for a zero and then a dropped. Look, 
I've really, I think he'll come back in just because I can't see who else would play um, once their two Pakistani internationals leave. I was looking at their lineup and I've, like, I know his performance was very average on a small ground where lots of runs were scored, but I can't see who else would come in for him. Um, he's cheap. I guess there's a risk that he only plays one or doesn't even get picked, but. If he's picked, he's cheap, and he is quality on his day. I just need Steckity of the Brisbane Heat days to come back. Yeah, exactly right, mate. Uh, Fish, was there anyone else in this Stars lineup that you could entertain? I, should, I, I think among like top 5% or 10% over rank, Glenn Maxwell's about 98% ownership. So there's 2% out there who need to sort themselves out there and get him back in, especially now that he's bowling again and potentially bowling regularly. Uh, mate, I, I find it. Pretty hard to justify anyone outside of Bo Webster. Uh, potentially, Imad Wazim uh, has a pretty decent role, looking to be batting at around about six or seven. You know, he's a quality bowler. Uh, in last night's fixture, one for 16 off his three overs, comfortably the best figures there. Uh, I mean, aside from wickets, I should say, but economy rate of 5.33 uh, in a hurricane side that got going early enough. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Wazim, Fish? Yeah, I really like the role. I've just been doing some research um, this morning as we've started the pod to check his availability because it's a bit unclear. Mm. So I'm I'm not convinced that he is available for both games of round five. So we probably just need to update that before the round starts. But yeah, if he's playing, I, I like him. Um, Tom Rogers is pretty cheap as well if you wanted to take a flyer on an opener. Um, yeah, I, I can't really see... Too much else, to be honest. I think Hilton Cartwright's probably too pricey. And just even though he scores runs because the stars keep collapsing, eventually they surely they won't collapse and he, he won't get a run in some game. So, yeah, that, that'd be the only two probably. Stackity, I'm hoping I'm an owner as well. So I'm hoping he can pick up some death overs and, yeah, turn around that form from the first game. Um, he's pretty affordable too if anyone wanted to take a punt and mm. I always favour a bowler over a batter so I'd probably rank him above Rogers. Um, I'd probably, if Wasm's playing, I'd probably rank him above both of them. Yeah. Tomo, um, what are your thoughts uh, around Wazim in this one? Again, a few question marks around it. I know Fisher's, Fisher's looking around there trying to find stuff. Anything else to add? Yeah, Wazim is someone that interests me a bit. I'm pretty sure he's bat bowler eligible. I guess you describe him as a bowling all-rounder. Um, I th- he bowled three, as you mentioned, three pretty good overs last game. He bowls a bit of surge and other sort of in some good overs. I think he'll bowl four overs with the players that are leaving. I guess a bowling all-rounder that could potentially let four scoring opportunities over a double. His price is reasonable. So, yeah, he's someone that's on my radar as a trade-in possibility. Yeah and, yeah, and just having a look, fellas, Wazim is retired from international cricket, so I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be available uh, for the, right. the double coming up. Yeah, genuine, genuine buy option. Boys, the Perth Scorchers on the double game week in round six and in round seven. They're obviously on the buy still in round five. Not such a bad thing in terms of trade targets, even for round five, because we're all pretty well loaded up on the stars because of their crazy schedule so far. So, you know, I, look, I might look to add potentially one stars player to my team, maybe two, but uh, I might even for loophole purposes as well, depending how round five pans out, might even look to add scorches from round five, at least one of them, potentially two. 
they're hot property because they go the round six double, the round seven double, no more buyers after their round five buy. We know, look, they're the best team in the competition. They're stacked with super coach guns. The issue is, guys, with a gun team and a gun gun super coach players, they're expensive. They're expensive for good reason. So we can't fit them all in. We're going to have to cut some, some quality players in our lineups to accommodate them. Uh, let's just start from the top, boys. Aaron Hardy, 207K, bat bowl. He's bowling sort of on and off, generally getting an over or two a game. There might be games where he bowls zero. There might be games where he bowls more than a couple. So, uh, look, he's going to be expensive, 207K. Tom Obert, I think you just got to find a way for Aaron Hardy in his form, don't you? Yeah, he looks pretty good. I mean, he's expensive, but he's expensive for a good reason. Um, recent lineups have him used, as you mentioned, as that six bowler, perhaps the odd over. I don't think he'll ever be bulk overs, but he's batting at number three. His form is unbelievable, and he's in a good, good, good team with a double-double. So, yeah, he's someone I'll be bringing in at some stage for sure. And they play their two games of the double on really friendly batting decks as well. As they've got one is at Adelaide Oval against the Strikers, and the other one this is obviously round six, uh, and then the other one at Optus Stadium, where decent enough runs in that as well. So plenty of opportunity for him. Uh, Fish any any chance of fading and going against Aaron Hardy? He'll be pretty high ownership, or is he a bloke you're just going to pay up for? I thought about it, but you've talked me into paying up for him and mm. probably captaining him. I like this the Scorchers bowling lineup is awesome. So when you've got those four quicks, I kinda wondered is there really a need for him to get overs? But they, they seem to do it. They seem to be doing it towards the back end of last year in the BBL. He was still getting a few overs. Last game he bowled one over and Agar bowled three, making mm. up the fifth bowler. So I'd hope that he'd at least get an over. And as you said, with with his batting, I, I'm happy to go there and probably captain. And but but captaining him, I think you're getting value out of the money that you're paying for. Huge captaincy chat to come because in this round six double, the Scorchers and the Strikers play each other both games. So we look at all the options at the Scorchers that you can go with, and then you look at Matt Short, uh, who comes up against this gun bowling attack, plays both games against the Scorchers. So it's a tough one. Boys, on the bowling attack, the way. Honestly, I think you're, you're splitting hairs a little bit between these blokes. Jason Berendorf, who is in stunning form this season. I mean, he's a great cricketer. We know when he keeps himself fit. It's no surprise. He doesn't bowl the death overs or all those key overs for them, but it doesn't matter. He's just in that good a touch at the moment. Jason Berendorf's 200K. Jai Richardson, a superstar of the short form, end of super coach, 170K. Lance Morris, 161K. Andrew Ty gets the death overs, one of the top wicket takers of all time in the BBL. I think he's number two on that list at 151K. Which way, let's say, firstly, Tomo, that money's not an issue. Of these four, who are you paying up for first? I think if I have to put them in order, I'm going to put Andrew Ty at number one. He's a little bit cheaper than a couple of them. And my reasoning for having Ty at number one is that I just think he's got the highest chance of playing all their games. As you mentioned, Berendorf is just on fire, like eight wickets in three games and just looking dangerous. He's a bit more pricey. His form is unbelievable. But I just wonder if they're if the Scorchers are going so well, will he be someone that's rested? 
Richo is heavily discounted. His form hasn't reached the heights of last year, but you'd have to think at some stage it's going to come and he's going to hit form. He's someone, again, that I've got nothing to base it on, but is he someone that's going to get a rest at some stage if they've got a bit of a busy schedule and they're going well? And the one I'm least interested in is Lance Morris, who was recently with the Test Squad. Now he's back with the BBL. Who knows with the other Test matches that are coming up this summer if he's someone that will be called into the Aussie side at some stage. So I've got him down the bottom. I've got Ty at the top. And in terms of two or three of the bowlers, maybe two Richo just because he's a bit cheaper, three Berendorf, but the middle two are very, very close. That's the order I'd put the bowlers in, I reckon. I think the reality is with four games in a pretty short space of time that there's going to be a quick, you know, every quick in this rotation is every chance of getting a rest. And that's just reality. Something we need to consider when looking at captains for, for those couple of rounds. Um, my order, I've got Drive Richardson at the top. He's a 77K discount so far this season. Like all the Scorchers contingent, the averages are a little bit skewed due to that abandoned game against the Renegades in round one. So it's not as bad reading as it looks. I just think he's the best bowler in the lineup, if, if I'm being honest with you. So Richo's top of my pecking order. Andrew Tyatt, 151K, a great price as well for both who's been there and done it for so long. To be fair, they all have. Uh, but he bowls to death. He gets them kept that key couple of overs for the Scorchers and can just take a ton of late wickets. Uh, so I've got probably Ty at number two. Berendorf at number three. I like Berendorf more than Morris, but if we're looking at that 40K price difference, that's a fair chunk of cash. So, look, you know what? I actually probably put Morris ahead of Berendorf just due, due to the big price differential. Fish, how do you order them uh, when it comes to the, the quicks at the Scorchers? Yeah, you could throw a blanket over them almost, um, especially given that, that Jai hasn't really hit the heights that he has in previous seasons. I think... Andrew Ty is just so consistent, um, and for 150k, which is 20k cheaper, cheaper than Jai, that's that's mm. value for mine. Um, Jai has the pedigree, so he's he's probably there next. Um, Lance Morris is really on the up, and he he's been damaging again this year as he was last year. So I'm expecting him to take hold at some stage. Berendorf, I'm probably happy to let go just because he's over 200k now. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I can have all of them. So, yeah. But you could you could argue, you know, that he's the best of the lot based on form. But I, at this stage of the season, um, and not having the cash that I would have liked to have had so far, I think I'm going to have to look for value. Boys, two players that I'm eyeing off, but probably only one of the two, and it's Zach Crawley v Josh Inglis. Crawley, the English star at 138k. Josh Inglis at 133k. Uh, look, both terrific options. I just think with, despite being on pretty good decks, I'm leaning towards Crawley over Inglis just due to the fact that he opens the bat. Inglis coming in sort of at number four there. He's just going to get a little more opportunity than English. If the Scorchers do roll through sides and they don't have a big, well, through the strikers in that round six, uh, and they they don't have big targets to chase, probably more opportunity for Crawley. Tomo, which way are you leaning? Yeah, interesting take. I'd probably take Inglis, even though he bats a bit lower. You've got the wicketkeeper dismissals part of it. And I just think he's a really, really quality player. 
So is Crawley. If I had to order them, I'd go English just ahead. But they're both good players. I think there is a world also that you have a look at both of them in your side with that double-double. Yeah. yeah, and there's no reason why not. to throw you throw Hardy in there as well. Uh, Cooper Connolly, who most of us own as well. Geez, we'd love to see him turn a bit of form around. Struggled the last couple of knocks, not really getting his overs. Bit of a, a mystery, but again, at his price, you sort of, it's not too, too big a dilemma. Uh, Fish, what about yourself, mate? Crawley v. Inglis, where do you sit? Yeah, Inglis is probably the only number four bat in the game who doesn't bowl who I'm happy to take. Um, yeah. Just based on what he did last season, he he's just got the ability, even if he has very little time, he, he finds a way to get to that 20 runs and get his strike rate bonus. So I think that's why... Last season, he um he was near the top of the averages for the for the wicket keepers. So I'm going to need a keeper anyway. So he'll he'll be in for me. Um, Crawley, I don't know that he's really done much in Aussie conditions in the Big Bash yet. Um, obviously he's played here a fair bit, so you'd expect it wouldn't take too long. But mm. 140k, possibly happy to let him go and hope he nicks off early. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. He hadn't in the past done too much. Then when he came out and had that 65-not out against the Hurricanes, I thought, oh, he's adjusting pretty quick, backing the talent there. Tomo? Yeah, Crawley's first game was good and gave us a glimpse of something he could do. Another one I'd just like to flag is Laurie Evans. Um, Seems like an unusual pick, but he's someone that, for those that like someone really sneaky, he's someone I think some people might like to consider. He moved up to number five last game with Ashton Turner out, which is low and we want Mm. higher, but it's not horrendous. He's bat only, but I reckon in the double-double, he'll have innings or two in him because he can go big on his day. Perth's top order has been dominant early on. They're good, but that won't happen each game. We know some of the really good Scorchers players are pricey, to get those expensive players, sometimes you've got to get a little with another trade-in. I think he's only like 66000 or something ridiculously low. Um, I could see a power surge where he just goes mental and um, gets a really good score. And I've got nothing else to flag on. I know we love Cooper because most of us are owners. But apart from reaching 20 in an average game, he hasn't shown much. Laurie Evans over the years has potentially batted higher and even opened. If he moved up the order for some reason and Cooper came down, I think that at 66,000, it's not the worst pick I've seen in the world. Yeah, you've just saved yourself there a little bit, Tom. I was about to say you've got absolute rocks in your head if you're considering Laurie Evans in that lineup batting at sort of number five. Um on the odd off chance that he does come and open up in place of Cooper Connolly, I think they'd probably do Escanazi before. But look, if it happens at 66k, sure. Uh, but I'm going to stick with you having rocks in your head is uh, is a stronger argument in this one. For he's if you're lucky enough to be a homeowner, but you're finding your rate to getting into Don Bradman esque territory, fear not. Some of the numbers going around at the moment are pretty daunting and rightly causing a bit of a stir. There's help available with Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Whether it's an investment property or the place you're living, the boys can run the numbers to work out how much they can save you on your loan. Before you know it, the repayments will be looking a lot less like Bradman's and far more like Glennie McGrath's. Usually, it'll cost you $129. But if you mention SC Playbook when you get in contact with them, it is completely free of charge. How good is that? 
flick the boys a message on Instagram at Pat and George underscore SCW or give them a buzz on 02-9521-1611. Doesn't matter where in Australia you're based, you can have a yarn to them about it. Email and all the other details are in our articles on our website. Boys, let's get stuck into our third and final double game week team. It is the Adelaide Strikers. Sorry, boys, before we move on to the Strikers, Ashton Agar is one we missed. Uh, I can hear, I can feel, I can hear, I can see Maxi Bryden's skin crawling at this one. Not the biggest Agar supercoach fan. I'm sure he loves him as a bloke. I'm sure he loves him as a cricketer. But supercoach-wise, he hasn't done well by poor old Maxi in recent years, or myself for that matter. Uh, Tomo, 112K, bat bowl, another one likely to probably play all the games. Look, I've been down this road before and I've been burnt. That being said, he's also done well for me a number of years back. Probably not for me, but, I mean, you can see the case and, and there will be people interested out there. Yeah, for sure. He did have a tournament out of the bag. I think it was two BBLs ago where he started at a cheap price and then just went absolutely bonkers. Um, he's had no go with the bat so far this year because Perth have been dominant. Um, he scored like one run or something ridiculous. Um, only one wicket, two. He's someone I thought could be a pick, so I looked at his stats from last year. Um, but I think he only had a high score of 24 and he never took more than one wicket in the game. So then I was like, oh, he's probably priced at where he is for a reason. So, yeah, there's others that are better options from the Scorchers, I would say. Yeah, he's economical. He just, he's not a wicket-taking bowler, really. He ties an end down, does a good job. But, as I said, with how good the batting lineup is, with how good the bowling lineup is, batting opportunities are just so few and far between for him. So, uh, I think there's better options. That being said, as I said, cheap, dual position, probably gets all four games in. Uh, boys, over to the strikes, and let's start with the big dog himself, Maddie Short. He's 278k leading into round four uh, with a game to play, and he's priced, uh, sorry, break even of negative 17. So, look, after he plays this week, he's going to be onwards of 300 grand. I suppose the question with Maddie Short for non owners out there is. Against a gun bowling attack in the Scorchers, two games on the trot at the price. Look, Fishy, are you paying up three hundred grand for him? He's been bowling pretty regularly. Uh, he's bowled pretty well. He's taken a few wickets. He's in stunning form with the bat. What do you think, mate? Can you go against him at three hundred k? I think if you didn't own him and you've gone against him up until this point, maybe you sold him. Depending on where you are in the rankings, I think antipod opportunity definitely. 300k against the Scorchers, two games, as you said. Um, toughest team. I'm, I'm pretty sure they'd be the toughest team to score against, certainly the best team in the oh, yeah. So, Tomo, he comes out and, you know, with this bowling attack, they could go bang, bang, knock his top middle stump out of the ground. Uh, for single digit scores twice in a row, and he might not bowl, or he might bowl an over or two overs for nothing. At 300k, geez, I'm very glad I'm an owner, but I can see a big case to just be like, you know what, stuff it. They're funds that can go towards getting in uh, AJ Ty, Jai Richardson, Aaron Hardy for the double double. What do you think? Yeah, I think he has a touch of the Maxwells about him. He'll bowl a couple overs with himself as captain, but if you don't own him, it's a big price to pay. As Fish alluded to, he's playing against a gun team. 
you could get a couple of scorches that have the double and then the other double that are well priced. So if for whatever reason you haven't selected him, you've traded him out, I think there is a case. You'd have to be brave, but there certainly is a case to prioritise scorches over him and hope that he doesn't score so well. There is a case there. And the other thing about it is, look, it's going to be a big decision, but I think there is a massive, massive play on selling him after the round six double. Come round seven at that 300K mark, look, it'd be scary watching him home, but just the amount of cash that's going to free up, there's a real opportunity there. It could make or break the overall rankings. There's every chance it does that decision. But look, when you can add gun double game weekers with all that cash, it'll be interesting to see how the next two to three games game weeks pan out because if we've generated a lot of cash there, our squad value goes up, you know, you probably hold him. But if some players fail and we don't get the cash that we were sort of hoping for, well, that's when you go, geez, I can cash in at 300K. So uh, watch this space. We have plenty of conversations about in the SC Playbook WhatsApp chat with all the contributors there. Uh, boys, moving on from Maddie Short. Uh, again, another one I'll probably need to reassess after this game. We, myself and the Spy had a good chat about it on last round's podcast. But Jamie Overton, thankfully I went with him over to Paul Walter for a couple of reasons in the end. Um, Overton... He looks a pretty good buy, Tomo, going into the double. He has a great role. The, the reason for why I ended up going Overton over Walter was that I think Walter bowled one over in his first game. Overton more likely to get his four overs in. Uh, he's got a career strike rate of about 170 compared to, to Walter's 140-odd. So there were just a few things that looked like Overton was a little bit more of a safer bet. That being said, splitting hairs. Uh, but yeah, Overton for you, Tomo. Are you interested or have you bought him in? Uh, I brought him in this round. I went both Tall Paul and, and him because I thought they both looked good buys. Look, he's a genuine all-rounder. He's bowling his four overs and bowling some important overs and just bowling well. Like, it doesn't matter what overs you're bowling. If you're bowling well, you're a chance of getting wickets. Yeah. He's currently batting at six. I wonder if it could be higher. I don't know how long Jake Weatherall will stay in that lineup at number four after his start. So he could potentially be batting even higher. Yeah, he's a good all-rounder on a team with an upcoming double. So if you don't have him, I think he is a very, very, very strong trade-in. Mm. Yeah, yeah, big, big play there. Uh, Fish, is there anyone else in that lineup you'd be looking towards? Uh, I suppose we look at Darcy Short again, who plenty own. Break-even of negative, of negative 19 for that double game week. I'll be honest with you, I'm an owner. I'm happy to be an owner. My confidence for Darcy Short facing this Scorchers attack is very, very low. How do you see it? Yeah, and that break-even will drop out after this round too. So yeah. I don't know that it'll be that much of a cash-gen option moving forwards. Yeah, I, to be honest, so I own short, Overton and short, and I will probably leave it at that because I want to stack on scorches. Yeah. So going with that Langley method of not having too many players playing each other in the same games, given that they play yeah. each other twice in the same rounds. Um, I'm probably going to look elsewhere, uh, even if that means bringing a couple of players early for round seven as stashes. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably just pay, honestly, that I'd pay 30K more for Agar for hopefully four games than I would for Darcy Short. Uh, that's what I said. Tomo, anyone else at the strikers that you'd look to get in? 
No, I kind of agree with Fish. I don't want to over-invest. Um, Basley hasn't been a genuine all-rounder role. He's been one of those annoying all-rounders, so unless mm-hmm. things changes, I wouldn't be interested there. David Payne is someone that a few of us were keen on in the first um, time they had their double, but he mm-hmm. wasn't all that impressive. He looked a bit leaky and expensive. I'm just thinking with Payne, he's still going to bowl some decent sort of overs. Coming up against his old side, will there be that revenge game where he goes absolutely nuts and knows the weaknesses or will it work the other way and the batsmen know what he's going to produce and have an absolute field day? So he's not someone I'm going to say no to, but he's someone I'd just be monitoring and seeing um, depending leading up. But, yeah, I agree. The three that Fish mentioned I've got and... If I just had those ones, I'd be content with that at this stage. Boys, trades and skippers for round five and six. Look, you know, with so much to unfold, this is more more of a general discussion who our main targets are leading into it. Uh, I'll kick things off. And, and for round five, I'm looking at probably bringing in Jai Richardson potentially early. That being said, you know, Richo's maybe one where on the chance that he was to be rested for the first game of the double, you know what? <laughs> They've had such a good gap between games that I'd expect Richo to play the first game of the double anyway. So looking to get maybe Jai Richardson or, or uh, AJ Ty in early, along with maybe one of Bo Webster or Mark Steckity, but I'm not overly interested in, in either of them, but p- pending finances and how we're looking at that stage. Uh, and then another one, going to be a little bit vague here, but I reckon my third trade in for round five, there's every chance that... It's going to be a player from either the Heat or the Hurricanes who's set to make a bit of cash, someone with it, like the upcoming double and with a reasonable loophole opportunity. So I know that was a little bit wordy, but the Heat and the Canes both have a double coming up down the track a little bit. Um, they both have somewhat of a loophole opportunity. So it might probably not so much of a cash gem, but someone like Tim David who – didn't get the opportunity last night to bowl due to the reduced game, but Tim David opened the other night for them and bowled three overs. We know he's a class batsman. The top order at the Hurricanes, I'm not overly convinced on, so there's batting opportunities. He's very cheap. Maybe someone like that, purely for loophole purposes, and that double down the track. Uh, and round six, Aaron Hardy, Zach Crawley, and either Ty or Richardson, whichever the two that I don't go with there. Um, Tomo, who are the blokes you're eyeing off the next two rounds? Sure thing, mate. So next round trade-outs, I think um, Summer Murr will definitely be out for me. Um, probably whichever Renegades keeper I flip Inglis to um, tonight. And then Sanger or Hales, depending on break-even, there'd be my three that are going out. Um, Imad Wazim does interest me. Summer mm. can chip away over a double game round and place in my batting slots, I think, is not a bad shout. And then a bit like you, I'd be getting prepared. So I'm thinking probably, depending on funds at this early stage, someone like Ty or Inglis could also be my uh, ins in round five and also provide some loophole opportunities. Round six, it would be a total stars clean out. Any stars that I had (laughs) would just be going. I've had enough. Um, Look, Sam Harper won't be worth that much, but I still would like to probably get rid of him anyway. Um, uh, I've had enough. So it'll be a total stars clean out. And in will be some of those more premium scorches along your iron Hardy, your Richo, potentially even Crawley or another bowler. So it'll be a total stars out and probably, or more than likely, a total scorches in for me. 
What a sweet, sweet day that's going to be cleaning out the stars from our sides. Holy moly. Uh, I'm already going to adjust my trades a little bit, mate. And uh, Imad was him. I actually probably like him more than Webster and Steckity, that dual position at a decent price. Hopefully getting the double in there. So I think he looks like a pretty good target if you do want another stars player there. Fish, uh, what trades are you looking at? Yeah, so I think Tenvis Sanger and Kane Richardson will probably go for me next round. Uh, the third trade-out is a little bit uncertain. I I may actually have to trade out Dan Sams to free up some cash, yeah. um, which would be a big call, but um, might have to do it. And then trade-ins, yeah, I like Wasim. I like Inglis as a stash. And then, yeah, possibly looking at Hurricanes or Heat player. I like what you said about David. Over the last few rounds, I've been contemplating Sam Hayne because uh, he averages 40 in T20 cricket, but he's been well out of form and McDermott's got to come back into that lineup. So it wouldn't surprise me if he got dropped, to be honest. So I don't know there's too many other options at the Hurricanes. Um, Chowdhury has only bowled the one over and he seems to be batting six or seven. Otherwise, I would, I would like him if his role was better. So it could be David, same as yourself. Yeah, I'm just going through the rounds and, and the, the Hurricanes have that the double game week in round seven. He'll be under 100K. Uh, they play in game two of round five, so a loophole opportunity there. Game three of round six, not loopable there as much. The round seven double. Then round eight, they play in game one. And round nine, they play in game two. So you can loop him just about every game. And there's some decent upside there. So look, you'd probably want to see a little bit more from him. Probably want to see him... Uh, I think him and Corey Anderson are probably going to split overs uh, the remainder of the tournament. But with his batting quality, any time he can get a couple of overs in, uh, there's always going to be a decent bonus. So he's at like 0.2% ownership or something ridiculous. So I don't mind Tim David there, but would probably like to see him maybe a little bit more next round uh, before bringing him in, but a little bit keen on him. Boys, on the captains, now round five, the stars on the double – Look, oh, I know Andrew went Webster, uh, went the big play a couple of rounds back for his massive score. Maxie didn't go that well, and he got that terrific loophole in. Glenn Maxwell, after bowling his three overs, getting three wickets, looking great with the bat. I think that the question's almost, do you just straight see Glenn Maxwell or VC him? What do you reckon, Tomo, for round five? Yeah, look, I can't see putting the VC or C on anyone but Maxwell after that ridiculous score last night. Even if for some reason he didn't bowl that much, he's still the best stars batter, so I'm happy to have a VC on him. I think I would do the VC just in case he got injured again or yeah. something went awry, so I would VC. And I think Daniel Sams' form is unreal and um, he'd be a solid backup C if all things went really pear-shaped. But, yeah, I find it hard to find anyone else to recommend by Maxwell. I think Webster was definitely one out of the bag and he's not someone I would probably put my VC on. Yeah, you mentioned Sam's there. and I do think Dan Sam's will be a reluctant sell in a couple of rounds' time. Just bowling key laid overs. He's taken something like seven wickets or six wickets in two overs for them the last couple of rounds, but it's not going to happen every week. And while, while he's certainly one of the elite players of the game and you'd like to hold him to the end, I just think when he gets over 200K looking at all these Scorchers players that we want, no more doubles for the Thunder. Something's got to give uh, and be looking to do that. Um, yeah, Fish, like even if, if Maxi doesn't go well in game one, who else do you go with? Like Matty Short, 
playing in game one as well. You know, if Maxi goes like, barring an injury, which, you know, we've seen already, I just don't know who else you'd go with. Like after that, you'd be more confident than Maxi on his second game. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the occasions where you could just whack the straight C on him. Um, depending on how your team's set up, if you're looking at looping anyway, which a lot of people will be doing, then I think BC. And, yeah, I tend to agree with Tomo. Dan Sams is probably the next best option. Boys, round six is the big one because we've got ample opportunity. Scorchers play the strikers twice. Do we just lock in Matty Short with his role and his form, playing on two nice batting decks, uh, or do we look to those Scorchers players? I will be looking at uh, how highly everyone else has gone leading to that round, but I, I'm just I'm backing their Scorchers bowling attack so much that Matty Short, even if he gets one decent score, I'm not backing two. He could get single-digit scores twice in a row. Tomo, who do you like for round six? Yeah, round six. I'll just give a shout-out to my VC because I think the Sixers play the Heat in round one or the game one, sorry, of that round. So Tall Paul, I'm hoping, could come out and do like a Daniel Sams or a Bo Webster, take four or five, smash a 50 and get something just out of the swirl. If that didn't happen, and now he's coming off a five, I'm less confident (laughs) of that happening. But you never know, Tall Paul. I think I'm going to rank, I've got sort of top three. I think number one, I've got Maddie Short. I think as captain, as we alluded to earlier, I think he's going to bowl himself at least a couple of overs. Um, So I think he's going to be my number one. Number two, I've I've kind of cheated because I've got an equal second. I think (laughs) Jamie Overton could be the most genuine all-rounder on that double. And if he bowled his four overs, took a couple of wickets each game and got one decent knock with the bat, his score could be decent. Hardy is unbelievable, but I just I have no confidence that he's going to bowl any consistent yeah. overs. I've got him equal second just because his form with the bat is really good and he's on two good decks and someone will have to fact check me on this, but I think at home he bats really, really well at home at Optus um, mm-hmm. and the Adelaide Oval is a cracking deck. Um so I've got Overton feels a little bit safer, especially batting at number six is not terrible, but if you moved up for number five for whatever reason. So in summary, short number one and then equal second on the podium, I've got Overton and Hardy. Nice, mate. Plenty of our striker action there. Fish, how do you see it for round six? I hate owning a player and then banking backing against him, which I think yeah. you'd be doing if you don't captain Matt Short. So I'm feeling very conflicted. For a minute there, I even contemplated trading out Matt Short, but I don't know if I'm that crazy. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe there's something there with an emergency loop you could do, but there's not that many other options in from the following game, the Re- Renegades, Hobart, Hurricanes. Yeah, I'm really uncertain. I like the idea of captaining Hardy, to be honest. Mm. So I'm probably leaning that way at the moment. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Scorcher and... I'm leaning towards Jai Richardson out of all those. I just think he's absolute class and I'm pretty tempted. So uh, the question mark will obviously be, as we know, um, does he get a rest for game two? So potentially a gamble I'm willing to take and backing in Jai Richo for that one. But uh, closer to round six, we'll be in the WhatsApp chat and we'll have update our skipper options there. Boys, a few questions to wrap it up. And a really good one from Matt Manning. Boys, what's happened with Michael Neeser this season? Does the coach not like him? Um both of you boys, Tomo, you're live. You're both living in Brisbane. Uh, you know, Fish, you've worked with the Heat in the past. Uh, Tomo, 
what's going on with Michael Nisha? They do not want to give him a go, do they? Yeah, it's hard to say. All I'd say is that this season the write-off, but just look forward to the, the cheap price and selecting him next year. That's all I'd say because I've got no idea what's happening. Yeah, uh, I you yeah, I saw a few whispers online that he might be carrying a niggle or something like that. Like, and it's been a very stop-start season for him as well. Like, I think mm. he was in some Shield games. He had some time off for having a couple of twins. Um, yeah, it's really hard to put your finger on. So, I think you can pretty well say that this season isn't going to be his year. And yeah, look to other options. Weird season with him, Tomo. Very, very strange. Um, Bartlett's been unbelievable and been a lot better with the ball and less leaky. Um, so that might have an impact. And then Tall Paul potentially has come in and, you know, he's not someone I knew a lot about, but his bowling has, well, apart from the last game, has been pretty decent as well. So I guess it's just other people playing well and then his role's just been reduced. But, yeah, look forward to next year. Yeah. Uh, boys, Corey Blackledge. We sort of touched on it a little bit, but how many strikers and scorchers players are okay for the double as they play each other twice? And and I suppose just to go into more depth of that one, and it is around one of Andrew's strategies and trying not to load up. He said this on the, the – I did an interview with him, the first podcast of the season. He, he stressed that he tries not to load up on too many players on doubles when they're playing each other. Well, they're both – they're playing each other twice. So, you know, I think one of you boys might have been you, Tomo, mentioned – how does this impact your trades? And we, we all sort of said that we don't want to go too heavy on strikers in particular um, because, you know, we're favouring the scorchers in the games. It, it is certainly an impact on trades for, for that round six in particular. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I guess most people have Matty Short and then Overton and they're two people I feel safe with. Lots of us have Dusty Short, but as we've talked about, like I have no confidence that he's absolutely going to smash it against that Perth bowling attack. So be someone I'd be looping. So no other strikers jump off the page. The Scorchers, I think you want to plan. This round, lots of people have Melbourne Stars players ready. You might bring in one, but I, I can't see you bringing many more than that. So it's time to start loading up on some strikers and Scorchers. I think you'd want at least six or seven players. I know they play against each other. And that really good insight that from, from Andrew gave about you don't want to over-invest. But even if they're playing against each other, you know, there's still wickets and runs to go around. So you want to have a good share of that. So I don't know the exact magic number, but I think you'd want at least six or seven players. Boys, we will wrap that up for the double episode round five and six Supercoach BBL edition. Fish, thank you very much, mate. Tomo, cheers. Thanks, fellas. Good luck uh, for the rest of this round's matchup, Fish. Yeah. Yeah, says with a wry smile. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys, and good luck in the next couple of rounds. We'll be back for Supercoach BBL Round 7. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.